welcome. It's another of those amazing episodes that we call Brass Monkeys. So, hello, welcome. Hello. You have stuck with us this long. Well done to you. Uh, Brass Monkey 2 there in the background, feeling very vocal tonight, aren't you? Yes, there's been a lot going on, and I think I'm itching to get my big monkey teeth into the... Uh, the week's goings on listener let me tell you brass monkey 2 is seriously wound up this week but then it's not a surprise by the way i'm brass monkey one um if you're wondering who we are it's a very good question we'll talk about it a bit later on uh, right now though let's get straight into the media things and find out what we're going to be talking about on this week's brass monkeys Let's get straight into things then. This week, of course, has seen the uh, debacle, if that's the word that we use to describe what's happened with A-level results and GCSE results. Finally, we have seen a U-turn from the government, which means that those of you who were sitting your exams and expecting to get A-star, A-star and A, but actually ended up with B-E-E, -E, all is not lost. It looks like you are actually going to get the results that you should have got in the first place. But this, this just is the latest, isn't it, Monkey 2, in a, a list, a, a litany, I love that word, litany. Litany. A litany yeah. of absolute and complete f***-ups by this government. Yep, yep, exactly. They seem to be the experts and... Um... I seem to remember seeing, I mean, I know this is uh, over there with the uh, the even bigger clown, but uh, the T-shirt that I saw for sale on uh, one of the markets down in Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco uh, was a cartoon of uh, Donald Trump wearing a clown's nose and wig and underneath <laughs> uh, uh, elect a clown, expect a circus. And I think the same thing has held very true with our uh, happy shopper version over here, Boris Johnson. Sorry, Alexander DeFethel Boris Johnson. Insert the rest of his names here. I can't remember or care to remember what they all are. I have just been to see Her Majesty the Queen. All this and more we can do now and only now. At this extraordinary UK assets orbiting in space with all the long term forgotten people and the left behind town. It's perfectly true that I have had some drugs. Yeah, it's just one big car crash, isn't it? It's just U turn after U turn. Oh, yes, it'll be all right. As long as we keep doing something, eventually something will stick. But what they forget about, if it's not people's livelihoods, it's their actual lives they're playing with here, and they have not got a fing clue. They don't care that we know that they're lying and making up half of the crap that we hear every week. They got away with it at the election, didn't they? They they got a landslide at an election that I don't think even in their wildest dreams they were expecting to get. And so they now think they're invincible. And all the time you've got that nasty Machiavellian little toe rag running the show from behind the scenes at Downing Street, pulling the strings. And I'll dom, ultimately... Dom, 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 dom. Yeah, that's the one. They're all answering to him. And he... I mean, what is he? What is his background? What is his training? I honestly don't think he has the nous and none of them in the cabinet have the nous you haven't got any of the heavy hitters that you used to have people who are actually qualified to make decision i mean gavin williamson is the one in the firing line at the minute particularly was was all for supporting uh, theresa may but yet the minute he knows that boris johnson's going to be the one that's going to get him in power he throws his weight behind him what a nasty duplicitous little piece of work he is as well perfectly in keeping with the the times that we find ourselves in and the fact that he's presiding over this cluster f 
if you want to use the phrase, and I do, and I did, um, we can bleep that out. Is it comes as no surprise to me. He's just the latest one. There'll be another one. Pretty Patel will pop up and fuck something up, and then another one will pop up, and it's just like the shooting ducks thing. It's which one's going to come up with the most ridiculous thing they can do next. Frost monkeys, listeners. Um, you'll you'll know from previous episodes of uh, this show that um I've commented about Monkey Two's language and how you know he's mad when he starts effing and jeffing. I tell you mm. what, in the space of the first five minutes of this week's episode, we've heard more effing and jeffing from Monkey Two than I have in the last year. Well, you've used it as well. We've had one from you, so yeah, I thought, true. well, yeah, yeah, fair but... play. You know, it's uh, one all. No, it's more than four. It's about four. <laughs> 4-1 from my end but Basically, no we're just we're just we're really mad aren't we we're really well, mad it's it's just you just feel so powerless against this this torrent of crap and we're just caught in the middle here and there's just seemingly nothing anyone can we're sleepwalking through one disaster to another and just letting them get on with it and part of the reason we we started this podcast was to try and start bringing this to people's attention that mm. It's a bit shit. We still haven't got, as they quoted, a world-beating test and trace operation. In fact, what you may not know is they're quietly restructuring the whole thing. And instead of it being a standalone centralised operation, it's now being shared out amongst the regions, amongst local authorities. But you don't hear that. And the other thing is, and I found this particularly interesting, is one of the areas that caused the government a little bit of discomfort, shall we say, during the whole issue about statistics and the daily briefings was the um, the difference between what the government were reporting and what Public Health England were reporting, PhD. PhD is now being disbanded. It's being effectively swallowed up by, <laughs> you can't make this up, a kind of expanded, extended central test and trace operation. So Dido Harding, who leads up this operation, this um, test and trace, who incidentally was the uh, chief exec talk, talk. of Talk Talk when they managed to have... Lose uh, all the data. Yes, yes, they were hacked spectacularly, but she Christ. still managed to um, keep a job. But of course, she's one of the cronies. She's one of Boris's circle. They're all mateys, pals together. It's all scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I tell you what, they do more back scratching than you and I do, monkey. <laughs> Exactly, yes, and that always puts my spidey sense on full alert when I know that's the case, because I do a lot of scratching, as I'm sure you do. It's a hobby more than anything else well, for you, us monkeys. You tend to scratch a little bit lower down than I do, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You lower the tone, don't you, monkey too? Oh, in every single way. <laughs> but I'll tell you one of the other things, of course, that's happened over the last week is the fact that France and uh, I think a number of other countries were basically put on the quarantine list so everybody decided to clear off abroad and have a holiday which i don't know it's your choice if you want to go abroad at the moment but for me i'm just sticking where i am at the moment because this is all a little bit too up in the air it's not settled nobody knows what's happening from one week to the next and this is the absolute classic example thousands tens of thousands of people trying to get back home before the quarantine rules came in which i believe were 4 a.m last saturday this is going to carry on going i mean the latest news is that greece and croatia have 
gone on to the quarantine list, which means if you're planning your holiday there, kick back and enjoy it because you ain't going to be going anywhere soon. Well, you're going to be having another 14 days worth of holiday once you get home, whether you like it or not, because you're not going to be going down to the shops. You're not going to be meeting up with friends. You're going to be stuck indoors like it was when this all kicked off at the outset. You're absolutely right. These are names that are sort of popping up and are starting to uh, rise to the top. Your name's not down. You are coming in, but you're going (laughs) home for 14 days. I think you can basically read into that. We went as far as Essex. That felt quite exotic after sort of four months of staring at the same four walls here at Monkey 2 Towers. Apologies if you're from Essex, but seriously, Monkey 2, when you're saying that Essex is exotic, we know we've... Well, we did, we did keep away from the uh, the flesh pots of South End and um, Frinton and, and the like. We went to quite an interesting bar. I won't, I won't go into too much detail, but it, was, um, it wasn't what you would normally expect when you thought Essex. I think, all joking aside, Essex gets a bit of a bad rap and it was you absolutely wonderful. Uh, actually, lovely, just, lovely part of the world. I am just going to, at this point, just apologise to the whole of Essex because, actually, I lived in South End for a time and I had a mate who lived on Canvey. Dad, Canvey Island. Canvey. Oh, Canvey. We used to go down there, hang out in the old Ford Escort and down at White Canvey. one, was it? Uh, no, it was blue, mate. Blue, blue. But anyway. Blue, mate. Salted. It was salted. It was sweet. Anyway, enough of that. Um, what about the USA? Can you go to the USA at the moment? Uh, I believe the USA is on the naughty list at the minute. And if you come and go from the USA, there's a 14-day quarantine, and I imagine it's the same at the other end. They're they're pretty hot on who goes in and out of that country these days, anyways. Anyone who lives south of them will uh, will attest. I think they're being pretty careful, and I know they are not on this list of places where you do not need to self-isolate when you come back from. So, for once, we're not just trying to kiss up to the USA, we're actually being a bit more careful. I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on the way you have treated me, but I wouldn't do that. Oh, God, yeah. The reality is, throughout this whole period of time, you know, many people have been furloughed, they've been sat at home, Let's actually, before I go any further, let's remember there are lots of people who've been sat at home who couldn't work but haven't been furloughed, i.e. have had no money. And let me Mm. just say, that is a bloody disgrace. It really is. Because this is, as we keep being told, the most overused word of 2020, unprecedented. Furloughed or non-furloughed. No doubt you've been trying to fill your time. You've probably watched every box set going. You've probably discovered radio stations and podcasts that have amused and delighted you. Hopefully this one is doing exactly that. But you may also have actually turned your your energy and your attention to some creative output. Have you learnt something new that you didn't know that you could do? Have you learnt an instrument? Have you picked up a, a power tool? Have you ended up in A&E as a result of picking up a power tool? Have you turned something old and battered into something bright and blue and new? Or... Is it just a case of you've let the days roll by and now you're wondering what the hell you've done with 2020? This is, as we've said before, it's the year that keeps on giving. It just gives all the wrong stuff. But amongst all of this, there are some positives. You've learned how to do podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's something that I've dabbled with in the past. And I think, well, we both have. And we've both got a bit of history in in more traditional broadcasting. But when it comes to the sort of intricacies of getting your own home-created content online somehow in some form, it's a very different world out there. And we've both had quite a steep learning 
learning curve and i'm pleased to say that we've managed to get four of them to stick on to something somehow haven't we so you know pulling the tin cans and the bit of string tight we seem to have managed to make something work and our um, shit is out there and people are listening so thank yeah. you very much for listening to and this may, shit and may god have mercy on your souls <laughs> No, no, we've learned a lot and it's been really entertaining. It's been very frustrating in equal measure as anyone who's tried to watch the video version of this uh, on YouTube. Oh, actually, at that point, we should say, shouldn't we? Um, If you've uh, ordinarily been catching our episodes via YouTube, you'll know that um, there is an episode missing at the moment, which is episode four of Brass Monkeys on YouTube. Um, We're going to hopefully, Brass Monkeys, hopefully I'm not making too much work for you, but I think we will be able to get something up there. But it's probably going to be a little bit different to the first three episodes and going to be the same going forward. But the thing is, you know, this is about you and us. We just want to get out there and connect with you. We don't we don't care how you listen to us. You know, whether you find us on a podcast, whether you find us as a remote link from somewhere on YouTube, it doesn't matter as long as you are with us. And most importantly, that you actually connect with us. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you're thinking. The details on how to do that are on your screen as we speak. Find us online. We're Brass Monkeys, M-O-N-K-E-E-Z or Z if you're American. Search for us on Google at Brass Monkeys. Ah, we'll turn up eventually like a bad penny. We want we want to hear your, your brickbats and bouquets. You know, if you think something we've done is absolutely naff, then tell us. And maybe we can make it better. If you like something we're doing, then tell us as well. And then our, our egos can expand and our heads can get even bigger. And if you look at the average primate's head, it's already quite big. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, th- this is the thing. So there will be the missing episode four will appear in some form or other on YouTube. It, at some it point. will be. It will probably be a, a simplified version. I think we may have overreached ourselves a little bit with the uh, content. I mean, this is something that, you know, going forward, and that's a phrase I hate using, but in the future, as we used to say in the old days, uh, we hope to have something a bit more workable. But for the time being, so we'll have cool. something there for you to, um, to collect the set, to complete your uh, collection. And we'll send you a Brass Monkeys back. Car stickers. Do you remember those? I remember those. Yeah, anyway. bumper stickers to you in the Americas. Right, I'm just, I'm just going to write down for next week's episode. What is it you've learned to do over this whole period? This whole weird 2020. What is it you've discovered about yourself that you didn't know you could do? Love to hear from you. Um, it's about time we gave out the Contact Brass Monkeys information, Brass Monkey 2. Hit it! You can get in touch with us at Brass Monkeys. That's M-O-N-K-E-E-Z or Z. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're, we're everywhere. Just just hunt, hunt us down. We're on most of the podcast apps. We're on YouTube sometimes. Type that in. Type in Brass Monkeys on Google and we will pop up somehow. That's it. Download us wherever you find your usual regular podcast You are fake news. Is it that time again? It's that time again. Oh, God, I'm going to make a cup of tea. Talk no, amongst no, yourselves. No, you can't go just yet, monkey oh, two. Go on, then. Sad news from Trump Towers. A moment of respect and dignity 
as we acknowledge the loss of Donald Trump's younger brother. So you can imagine, obviously, uh, this has been a very, very difficult week for Pottus, for the Donald. All of us, when we've lost our nearest and dearest, we have to go through a period of grieving, of reflecting on the value of that life and what that life has meant to us. Donald has indeed this week reflected on the loss of his brother. I'd like to invite Monkey2 to share with you some of the learned and considered reflections that the Donald came out with on the loss of his brother this week. Yes, in this in this dark period of reflection for Donald Trump, to be fair to him, uh, he announced the sad death of his, his brother at the age of 71 or 72, I'm afraid I, I didn't look that carefully, closely followed up a couple of hours later by the fact that uh, he announced his brother was his biggest fan and was so angry with China. No, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. He said his sibling was so upset about the COVID-19 pandemic and that China did not stop what the president called the plague. I love China. Not my words, the words of POTUS. I think that tells you everything you need to know about the man in charge. I own a big chunk of the Bank of America building in 1290 Avenue of the Americas that I got from China in a war. I beat China all the time. So yeah, let's just remember that Donald John Trump, the 45th current president of the United States, will be in office in the White House until January of next year, even though Joe Biden could potentially be the new president in November. So what's he going to do sat in the White House between November and January? Work out reasons, no doubt, why he should remain there. There's a huge issue, isn't there, about the postal votes in the state. Quite obvious, he's already planting the seeds that if they, because of COVID, have a higher rate of votes that are made via the postal system, that he's just going to cry foul and say, look, you know, it's all it's all a fix and um, I need to stay here. And therefore, I'm bolting the doors, I'm switching on the electric fences and you're not coming in. I will be the greatest president for many, 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 many years to come. God, the horror. I think at that point there will be probably the closest they've ever been to civil war since the mid-1800s. It's a scary idea, isn't it? Americans do have a unique relationship with their arms, don't they? And Oh, yes. I, I, got, I don't know. Got to be careful here, haven't we? We, uh, we, do have a, we do have a listenership on the other side of the pond, and we, we, respect, we, we yeah. respect your right to bear arms. It's in your constitution, but come on, fair's fair, guys. It's a little bit long in the tooth Absolutely. now, isn't it? If you're going to try and stop us coming over there and taking over your country, I think that battle has long since been fought, and we lost it, and we gave up on that one. So, you know, there's no danger of the Queen marching in there wearing a red tunic, carrying a flintlock, and trying to to um, attack the uh, the lawn of the White House and come in via the West Wing. No, it's not going to happen. I think you can safely say you probably don't need quite so many guns and the right to bear them. So this week... Um we're going to focus on a couple of toys as we do each week. First one that I want to look at is Big Track. Ah, Big Track. That was brilliant. Now, I, I, I didn't realise, but you actually are on much closer terms with Big Track than I was. I always wanted one, but never had one. Whereas you, I believe, did have access to one. I had access to one, but I didn't own one. Our um, one of our neighbours, his dad was a salesman, a toy salesman for a what long a job. time. What a job what a... when you're a kid. My oh, dad's God. a toy salesman. 
Yeah, exactly. And it was it was wonderful. We used to get brilliant toys. <laughs> yes, he used to have all sorts of things, and Big Track was one of them. And he even had the optional extra, which was the tipper truck, which you could program in one of the 16 steps that uh, Big Track's memory could remember uh, to go and sort of drive up somewhere and then tip up and dump whatever you wanted to put in the back right where it probably wasn't wanted or needed that as was, long as you were on the same floor. <laughs> that, yeah, that was called the transporter. Was it the, was, yeah. was it? Ah, so, so okay. I'm going to give you some fantastic stats now. So Please it do. Was, it was born in 1979, okay? In 1979, it would have cost you 20 quid, which actually, for something so advanced, was pretty good value. What and, would that be worth now, do you think? About 100 quid? Would that be equivalent? Yeah, probably about that, yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, yeah. And of course, the silicon chip was what made this work, because as you rightly said, you could program it. Did you say 16 separate... <laughs> program functions or something uh 16 is a number that i remembered and i have to confess i did look it up on wikipedia and yes it's 16 steps there 16 16 memory things and it's it's texas instruments memory oh, in its okay. silicon chip sorry just going off on an aside do you remember when when we had calculators uh, before they were lcd and they were led display with the red red numbers exactly and you'd write 8008 and turn it upside down and it would say boobs the, yeah something like that wasn't it I mean, boobless the, the i think thing, you could write boobless the, and there was the things we did we were so avant-garde weren't we didn't know we were born Anyway, the um, the big track transporter, which was the uh, extra trailer that you could get for it, that was another fifteen quid, by the way. So we're starting to get expensive. Ooh, it's building up now. Yeah, but um, but I mean, it was a big thing, and it reminds me of another type device that was similar. Do you remember Armatron? Armatron, the robot, no, the robot arm. That again. Oh, was, was, yes. It was programmable as well. Was it? Yes. I just thought it was remote control, just had levers, Yawn! and you could pretend that you were building um, Fiat Stradas. I may be, I may be wrong, and we'll check, because we'll maybe look at Armatron next week. But, we'll look uh, it up, yeah. But yeah, so big track. Um, I really always wanted one, never got one. Great fun. And the reason I never got one was because all my Christmas presents and birthday present money was spent on either a Thomas Salter microbiology set, microscope, or a Thomas <laughs> Salter chemistry set. Now we're talking. So, given that history, how come you haven't come up with a vaccine, a viable, workable vaccine to get us out of the crap we're in at the minute? I think I, I think it's probably down to the fact that the uh, chemicals, although they look very impressive in all their little test tubes in the set, were actually pretty, pretty non-functional. <laughs> Potassium permanganate potassium and magnesium, permanganate, wasn't it? Yeah, which makes your potassium permanganate, which makes everything purple. That's uh, it. Copper sulfate, which made a brownie, a brownie yellowy kind of solution. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, you did get a bit of. You get a cut. You got a couple of strips of magnesium that you could burn under the Bunsen burner. If you had a big enough Thomas Salter set, you got mm. a Bunsen burner. Ah, or, or a bit lighter for those who are slightly yeah. harder up. Yeah. yeah, well, it wasn't even gas. It was methylated spirits. <laughs> oh, real? <laughs> Blimey. How did you get a nice big blue fiery flame on that then? Did, I, it, I did it really have to be stoked up or...? I can't remember exactly what it is, but you could do something. You could pour one of the contents of the test tubes onto it. Kind of... I, I would spend hours trying to do something, usually failing miserably. It does remind me, actually. Do you remember indoor fireworks? 
Oh, God, they were rubbish. Weren't they? Absolute rubbish. Like there's or... a smouldering heap of some black slag well, on the kitchen table. Well, it ended up looking like what what was um, the result of the Chernobyl meltdown, crossed with a turd, as I remember. Just like some foul-looking, long-snaking unpleasantness that your mother would go, where the hell's that come from? And so, well, you bought these because you didn't <laughs> want us out in the back garden scaring the cat indoor fireworks surely that should set alarm bells ringing on a danger level and on a disappointment level Mm. i think the two would cross over very well in the middle with a venn diagram and that little bit in the middle would just say don't bother so enough of the toys what about the shows the tv shows that were entertaining us back in the distant past um, if you're a, an adolescent of a certain age in the 70s, early 80s, then you'll no doubt have known the existence of Charlie's Angels and Bosley John Bosley. Oh, yes. I can't say it really ever appealed to me. I mean, I, on a certain level, I was probably starting to sort of get the hormones that would have made that sort of thing interesting to me on, on a level that it was probably played at. But I don't think it ever really appealed. I think I was probably a little bit too young for Charlie's Angels on every level, if you <laughs> if you get what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, that was Aaron Spelling who Aaron did Spelling. all the others, That's it, did yeah. the ones that Glenn Larson didn't do. So really, between the two of them, they, they, they just mopped it all up, didn't they? Basically, yeah, he had it all written. I mean, he, he made things like uh, oh yeah, Charlie's Angels, Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, he Dynasty or Dynasty if you're in yeah. America and uh, obviously the famous one in which his daughter star was Beverly Hills 90210. Our next programme it's a British show but it was absolutely a part of growing up in Great Britain in the well any period really from the late 60s Doctor Who the butt of many a joke when you were at primary school knock knock who's there Doctor Doctor Who that's I just right told you But uh, there's one particular doctor I want to look at here because uh, a brilliant thespian, a proper, proper actor. And even to this day, he is still larger than life. Tom Baker! Good old Tom. Lunatic, an absolute lunatic, but a, a lovable one nonetheless. I think the word eccentric sums him up. He's he's legendary, isn't he, in the uh, the voiceover booths of, uh, of Great Britain, where he can be, shall we say, a touch difficult to work with if he's not in the mood. He looks as mad as a box of frogs. He is a, he is a man who has more presence than Boris Johnson and Donald Trump put together. Yeah, well, let's let's get him in. I'm sure he'd do it for the money. He's, um, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't need the money anymore, but he's on his third marriage. And Tom he's... Baker for Prime Minister! <laughs> well, it, they've had him doing all sorts of things as well, haven't they? I mean, he did the, he was the speaking clock for a while, which was uh, wonderful. And there's, there's a, I mean, I I probably shouldn't mention it on here, but there's a famous story of um, how he used to like to talk during... God, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll um, we'll we'll skirt round that one. But there's there's a famous there's a famous well within the industry in which we find ourselves and we we are sort of part of. Uh, there's a famous recording of him basically 
losing the plot with a very poorly written and directed voiceover session i think it's something to do with a kitchen company mm-hmm. it's just another one of these sort of oh let's get tom to do it he's wonderful <laughs> he's got gravitas and he just basically rips the uh, the producer and whoever else happens to be Who on the other end this bollocks basically that's that's pretty much what it amounts to tact and diplomacy go out of the window it's it uh, if we can find a link to it and i think i know where i can find a link to it i will post it it's uh, it's well worth your time not safe for work probably and not safe for minors but uh, highly highly amusing so time to uh, address correspondence that brass monkeys head office has received yes yeah, so steve was talking about hate crime and the fact that you know literally the moment you open your mouth these days and say anything particularly if it's aimed at any kind of minority of whatever size that may be um, you basically can't get away with anything because you will be held to account. Oh, you'll be pilloried. You'll be pilloried. You will be held in the stocks and pummeled and pelted with rotten tomatoes and God knows what else. Not able to have an opinion on anything. Well, that's not how we work here at Brass Monkeys. We are, have an opinion and we are happy to say it. And I don't think anything that we've said so far should be seen as being particularly offensive to anybody unless you're the President of the United States or a member of Her Majesty's government. In which it case... W- you it. deserve everything you're getting. Indeed you do. The reality is, he says, I'm thinking of becoming bi-curious. And I was, <laughs> I was intrigued. I was, Steve, what do you mean? And he's, he's explained. He says, well, first of all, black Irish, because I'm half Irish... Um, and he knows this via a DNA test, and also the fact he loves Guinness. Um, he says, I'm disabled. Um, he tells us that's because he had a uh, necrotizing facilitatus. Fasciitis. Fasciitis. You know that one, do you? I do. That, oh, was, okay. the, that was the skin-eating thing. It was, it was uh, back oh, in the mid-90s. Right. It, was, it was quite a scary thing, I remember. Ah, he now explains he's now got half a bottom cheek. So. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, dear. Steve, I don't mean to laugh, mate, but how's your ass? Um Oh, we're we're quality here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we found our level at last. And he also says, I'm part African um, and I've scientific evidence that my ancestors travelled from this region. So there we go. So what what do we do with Steve then? Well, Steve, as far as I can see, you can slag everybody off, mate, with absolutely no fear. Yes, exactly. You're, you're the, probably the safest bet we have. If we tell you a few things, could you say them for us? <laughs> Steve, thank you very much for sharing that. If you have any other thoughts or gripes, then please do get in touch. As always, the way to get in touch with us here at Brass Monkeys is... Yep, get in contact. We're Brass Monkeys, at Brass Monkeys on Twitter. We're everywhere. If you just search for Brass Monkeys, B-R-A-S-S-M-O-N-K-E-E-Z or Z, if you're the other side of the pond, uh, we'll come up. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube, we're everywhere. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us some feedback, uh, ideas that you'd like us to cover. Anything, really. Even if you just want to say hello. A few of you have been getting in touch and basically having a go at us. Yes, having a go, no less, because... How dare you? Because apparently you don't like the fact that we refer to ourselves as Monkey 1 and Monkey 2. Let's give you a bit of background. When we started the Brass Monkey episodes, the idea was that we just wanted to do something that couldn't be tied down to us as individuals. Because as Monkey 2 has already said, you know, we've, we've been around the block a bit. We've got some miles underneath our paws. 
Mm. Um, our our um, our meshes are no longer completely hundred percent ours. And, Nor um, our marbles. Nor our marbles, indeed. But enough of the nether regions. Um, but anyway, we decided we just wanted to um, keep ourselves maybe off the radar, so to speak. Hence. We very originally came up with Monkey 1 and Monkey 2. Not the most, to be honest, they're crap, aren't they? Yeah. So, Monkey 2, we have we have a discussion we need to have, don't we? About how much of ourselves we give unto thee. Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they always say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. And um, the names, as they say, have been changed to protect the innocent. And we're innocent, aren't we? We're uh, well, very innocent. I don't know about, you. Don't know about well, you, mate. But... Well, comparatively speaking, perhaps. But I, I always took the view that... they you're not going to gain anything by knowing who I really am and to be honest if you knew what you were doing you could probably find out fairly easily and there's a few people who listen to this who probably do know who we are in fact I know they do but for the time being I think I'm quite happy to draw a veil over my true identity in case uh, certain people listening in find out where the stuff's hidden <laughs> and, the, and the bodies yes okay Joe I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm Thanks particularly to James on this one for um, uh, giving us some very constructive feedback on this. Uh, also, um, the legendary AD, thank you very much uh, for your feedback as well. It's really, really valued and appreciated and keep it coming. Um, I'm inclined to say, Monkey 2, that we... We go for slightly more inventive pseudonyms. Shall we do it? Do you remember that show, Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be? I'm going to be, yes. Yeah. So let's do it that way. On the next episode <laughs> of Brass Monkeys to see how it goes. What do you reckon? Okay, no. Yeah, yeah, we'll give that a go. See I what inventive title we can give ourselves. That will be a bit of fun, I think. Uh, let's have a quick look at what's coming up next week on Brass Monkeys. <laughs> Yes, well, you'll be delighted to know that, as always, we'll be calling the government to account, as has to be done, uh, finding out the latest on what's going on there. Um, I want to uh, revisit uh, strange websites that you found. Um, I don't know if this is a, an area that we really want to delve into, but um, <laughs> hey, let's give it a go and see where it takes us down that proverbial rabbit hole. The um, world's our oyster. In nostalgia, I'm uh, I'm not decided on what TV programs uh, to do yet. I'm going to see what suggestions come in from our lovely loyal listeners. Yeah, sounding do like, send them in. Sounding do like send a them typical in. local radio DJ there. Um, quite literally. Uh, quite yeah, literally. Send, send them in to uh, the studio, and uh, we'll see. You, go through our little bulging post bag and uh, see what pops out, mate. All right. I don't know about the other toy we're going to feature, but we have talked about the legendary show Night Rider. And I'm going to talk next week on the next episode about the Matsushiro Knight Rider radio-controlled car. Oh, did you have one of those? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, are we going to find something that you did own that wasn't a chemistry set or a, or a young terrorist training manual? Hey, I introduced you to Verti Bird in the last episode. Oh, Verti Bird. Well, yes, or oh, delivery system as yeah. we know it. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, Verti Bird was a very good one, actually. Yes, yeah. that was quite obscure, and it's but not one is, that I was aware of. There is an element of going through these toys, looking at the ones that I wish I had and I hadn't. So, well, don't have eBay up at the time you're looking because uh, I've just been looking on there, and you can get a nice big track that works for twenty-five quid on eBay. I expect a demonstration next week, Monkey Team. <laughs> I, I cannot be justifying spending money on things like that at the minute, I can assure you. So just before we go, uh, here again is how to get in touch with us. It's great that you are joining us on these little journeys through the, shall we say, the backwaters of our brains. 
Some of this is just unreal. Some of it is surreal. And some of it is, quite frankly, quite <laughs> frankly, too real. Uh, on that bombshell, we're going to disappear. Uh, he's going up his tree. I'm going down my tree to go and find some nuts. Have a great one. And we'll catch you on the other side soon. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!